Hey gals, welcome back to Working Gals Guide. Thanks for tuning in for another week. Today I'm here with Jessica Milagros, who you may recognize from a little show called Big Brother. So I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the show before, but I absolutely love Big Brother. I've been watching it forever with my family. We all sit down around dinner. We love every season and we watch Big Brother Canada, Big Brother US, All Stars, all of it. We love it so, so much. So today, Jessica, as you may know, is from Big Brother. She played last season. She was incredible. And I'm so happy that one of my favorite players ever was able to come on the show and chat with me today. I did split this interview with Jessica into two different parts. So today is part one. Next week will be part two. I split it into two because we honestly just talked forever, which I loved and I was so grateful for because honestly, Jessica is so kind. She's who you see on TV and she gave us so much juicy content. So in part one today, Jessica and I chat about her professional background. So how she got into marketing, why she chose marketing and why she ultimately left her full-time marketing agency job to pursue modeling full-time. In part two, next week, she spills the details on everything juicy about behind the scenes of Big Brother, from preparing to go into the show, what filming was like, what being in the house was like, life after Big Brother, and of course, her thoughts on this season's players. Today's episode is incredible. I love Jessica. She is awesome. If you also love today's episode, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Working Gals Guide. And if you have the time, rate, review, and subscribe. Ratings mean absolutely everything to us podcasters, so I would love a nice rating and a nice review. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, and without further ado, here is today's amazing episode with Jessica. Hey gals, welcome back to Working Gals Guide. Today I have a very special, very, very special guest. Her name is Jessica. Jessica, hey, how's it going? Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. I am so excited. One, because I loved you on Big Brother. I was your biggest fan. And second of all, because I now love your new YouTube channel that you have with some of the other gals from Big Brother. And I'm obsessed with listening every single week. So I'm happy to get to actually talk to you now, you know, and not just see you on camera, not just, you know, see you on YouTube. Uh, thanks. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy transition. I bet. I bet. And you said you're quarantining at your parents' house right now. Are you quarantining there? Or are you just there for like the day or the weekend? Well, it's a very interesting story, to be quite honest. It, um, we were quarantining here for the summer because it was an open it was an open empty house. My uh, parents are currently living in Puerto Rico. Um, and so it was just an open house and I happened to live in a two bedroom condo with no backyard. And so it was like a no brainer, but then, um, we ended up getting a tornado in Chicago and it kind of, um, it, it got a little crazy. So we lost power over here for a week and then went back to my condo. So we're now back and forth. It's like the traveling house. It's like a little travel house or a little Mm -hmm. vacation home, so to speak. Right, right. That makes sense. And first of all, sorry about the tornado because that is crazy. Um, But, you know, it's nice that you have the second place that you can kind of escape to with a backyard and whatnot. So that's always nice too. I live in the suburbs in Vancouver. So we have a backyard and we have like this open area in our neighborhood that we're actually allowed to go out in. And to be honest, like, I feel like the only reason I've stayed sane during this pandemic is because I've been able to go outside and lounge around and walk and 
do whatever I want to do pretty well, you know, obviously in the confines of our property, but still being outside and not getting like dirty looks and whatnot and not having to wear a mask (laughs) in my own backyard. It honestly has been the best thing for me. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I mean, just to be able to open a door and have a little private, you know, getaway is, I mean, a lot of people take, you know, take it for granted, but seriously, it's what's kept me sane as well. Uh, sunshine and, and walks and just being in the outdoors is, is seriously the best form of therapy. I 100% agree, but that also scares me because winter and fall are coming and I know we're going to have to be indoors. Um, I know that we're going to probably have that second wave hitting us and I'm honestly a little bit nervous and I'm not really one to get stressed or nervous about many things to be honest, but having almost to stay inside because I know Chicago gets a crazy winter, like crazier than Vancouver, but even in Vancouver, we definitely have some days where it's going to snow and whatnot. And I just don't want to go outside in those crazy conditions, but I'm also nervous about how that's going to affect mental health. You know, I agree. I agree. 1000%. I think that even though with anxiety, right. And I, and I'm someone who also kind of suffers from, uh, from anxiety at times, it's um, one of those things that you can try and prevent. I think overthinking sometimes is what gets us to that anxious Mm -hmm. state. You know, they say that, you know, depression happens when you're nostalgic or you're too far in the past and anxiety happens when you're too far in the future. So to be present and in the moment is probably one of the best things you can do for mental health that, and like tons of vitamin C, tons of vitamin D I'm like totally going to invest in one of those, um, sun lamps, you know, anything that's gonna, you know, any of those coping mechanisms that can, Mm -hmm. that can really help exercise, Mm -hmm. all of those things that, that can contribute to uh, better mental health. Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I think overthinking is like the biggest killer because you almost build it up so poorly Mm -hmm. and it goes the other way too. Like I find sometimes I build up things to be so good in my head. And then, you know, it's like, for example, with a guy, I know this is like the worst example, but you meet him on a dating app, you build it up in your head and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like marry him. He's so amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then you meet him and he's like just a piece of garbage. And you're like, this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah. no, that's actually great. And and it could also happen the other way. You're just yeah. like, eh, we'll see how it goes. There's, you know, take it day by day. And then you end up like, I don't know, falling in love with the guy, mm-hmm. marrying him, aka yeah. my story. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly, exactly what I did with my husband. Met him online, was like, eh who knows where this will go. And then like 10 years later, I'm married to the guy. So oh, I like, love that. Oh. <laughs> I love that. And you guys seem so cute on Instagram. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Thanks. That's an adorable story. Okay. Before <laughs> we go too far into this, um, I do want to have some icebreaker questions with you. These are pretty Absolutely. random questions. Just going to say that straight out right now. So don't be alarmed by the randomness and uh, <laughs> feel free to elaborate on your answers. Feel free to just keep them super short. It's really up to you. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So first question, Disneyland or Disney World? Oh, Disney World. Okay, perfect. So when I was writing this question, I didn't even think about the fact that someone might have answered, you know, neither because they just don't like either. But 
I was like, no, if they answer neither, then they're not going to be on my podcast because who doesn't love Disneyland or Disney World? (laughs) I've never been to Disneyland, but Disney World honestly has, I mean, everything for everybody. I've been to Disney World about four times now. I adore Disney World. I've been to pretty much all of the, um, you know, I've been to Epcot, I've been to Animal Kingdom, I've, you know, I've been, I I mean, I ran a half marathon at Disney World. It was just, I mean, you can never go wrong with Disney World. There's just a little bit for everybody. Okay, perfect. Well, I am going to take that recommendation because I've never been before. I've only been to Disneyland. I've been two times, but I definitely want to do Disney World. It seems amazing. There's just so much there. And I know they have those those marathons and half marathons and 5Ks and 10Ks and they're all themed. And I really want to do that too. Like that's absolutely. That was actually, that's exactly what I did. I ran a half marathon and I was, um, I dressed up as Princess Jasmine and I like ran it and it was just like the best experience in the whole world. The whole weekend was just amazing. And I, I, I'm actually planning on, um, working again toward, uh, well, training again to be able to do it at some point. Um, now they're doing kind of virtual ones, obviously, because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time that I can step foot in there. Yeah, for sure. That sounds awesome. I feel like the dressing up part is the best and just being able to run through such a magical place. I mean, that sounds incredible. So oh I, my God, I ran through, yeah. I ran through Cinderella's castle and <sighs> I was literally sobbing the whole Stop. time, <laughs> the whole time. It was like, I was with my girlfriend and we were running and I just like, it was just, it felt so magical. And I know that sounds really dumb that someone would just start crying all of a sudden. But at first, this is like my first half marathon that I'm ever running. Like me being a plus size woman, it just meant so many things to mm-hmm. me. And, it, and and then just going through this like magical castle. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm here. And I, made, and I it had already been like, I was already in like my fourth mile by the time like we even got to Cinderella, Cinderella's castle. So yeah, it's overwhelming. Even, I mean, people even go there when they're not, you know, um, when they're not running and they cry. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's just yeah. an emotional, it, like everything is just so magical when you step into Disney. Yes. It's- no, I, I don't blame you for crying. I actually love that story. And I mean, just running in general, I, I'm a runner. So I actually ran at my, my college or university in Canada, uh, but I, I love running. And it's honestly one of those things that is just, it, it takes a lot on your body to be able to run something like a half marathon. And it's something to be Absolutely. proud of as well. I commend you, first of all, for running the half marathon. So I know how emotional it can be. It's mentally challenging, which people don't understand if they don't run, I think, that kind of distance. And I mean, mm-hmm. during that with just the beauty of Disney, how can you not cry? That sounds amazing. I mean, it just seems yeah. like a natural reaction. Yeah, you you hit it on the head right there. Yeah. That's yeah. all of those feelings. For sure. Okay, next question. And again, very random question, but I'm interested to see what you say. Um, if you could own a sports team from any league, what league would that be? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I'm really just, I'm, I'm just going to have to say the Chicago Cubs. I'm sorry. Like I, (laughs) I know that sounds very, just because I'm from Chicago, Yeah. but it, I, 
it's also because of the the energy that we have here, like in Wrigley Field, and even even when they were like the worst league, <laughs> mm-hmm. even when they were the worst league, it was like the the amount of energy, the fans, the um, ev- everything about it. It's 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 a money maker, you yeah. know. Um, and so I'm ab- I'm about making the money. So it. The Cubs are definitely a franchise where they're going to be making money whether they win or they lose. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to have to go with that. Yeah, I feel like what you just said, you love the making money part. That's my favorite quote from anyone everywhere, and I identify with it so much. (laughs) It's such a business (laughs) quote. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you could tell I'm kind of a businesswoman. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that's why I want you on this podcast. It's all about (laughs) career-driven people. And I mean, I love that I asked that question to you because I feel like if I didn't, I don't know if I would have got that answer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my very last question. So we all know you were on Big Brother. We loved you on that show. But if you weren't on Big Brother, what reality TV show would you have been on? (sighs) Oh, that's a good question. So... Would this be also prior to, because prior to, I really, really, really wanted to go on the real world. Ooh, okay. That's yeah. A good one. So, so had it, had it been, so the funny thing is that I kind of got this whole, um, the whole business, like I started reality TV super late in the game. I wanted, uh, like when I was like 20, I wanted to like, oh, I was 24, 25. I really wanted to go on the real world. And I think that was right around, they were doing like real world Chicago, something like that. And I was like, I want to be on the real world. But like, I never thought that that was a possibility. But also because I was already a business, like I, at that point I was an, um, an account executive at a marketing firm. And I was like, there's no way I can get out of my job to do what reality TV, what a mm-hmm. joke, you know? And that was just my mentality back in, back in the day. But now thinking um, now everything that I've been able to accomplish, had I been on, uh, you know, had I been on the real world, I really would have probably then done one of the challenges with real world road rules. I would have been like right up there with like Johnny bananas, you know, and (laughs) who knows? Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would have been like a challenge star or something. Yes. I definitely (laughs) think you would have, and you're so smart and strategic as well. I (gasps) think you would have done so well on the real world. That would have been very entertaining to watch. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I kind of like what you're talking about there, like about, okay, like even though you were an account executive, you were working in marketing, you're working in this corporate world, still being able to pursue some other outlet, whether it be reality TV or some creative side hustle, whatever it looks like. I think nowadays things are so different. Maybe like when our parents were growing up, you had one career, essentially you went to school you studied business, whatever, you become an accountant and that is your job for the rest of your life. Whereas now I feel like everyone is doing more than one thing. What you go to college for doesn't really matter necessarily. You might have that as your primary career, but people are doing podcasts or doing YouTube, they're writing books and they still have their day job. And that is so interesting to me that we're actually able to pursue our passions outside of this one career. 
Absolutely. I am a big believer in multiple streams of income. I will always and forever be doing more than one thing at one given time. I am like a multitasker by heart. And so I've, I've always had my hands in different cookie jars, see what I like, what I don't like. Um, it's one of the reasons why I went into marketing in general, because like I just, I don't know, I'm like such a creative by you know, by nature that I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, and I was blessed with an amazing um, high school counselor that just said, well, if you don't know, if you have all of these amazing things that you're doing, um, but you don't know exactly what you want to focus on, do something like marketing communications, because learning how to effectively communicate, learning how to market, even if it's yourself, is the best way to go if you don't have a specific passion. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer. So like really marketing communications was that next best thing to kind of learn so that in the future I was able to just you know, market myself if I had to. Yeah, that's an interesting story, actually. Let's get into it. Um, mm -hmm. So you pursued marketing in university college, mm -hmm. and then you went into work marketing right after you graduated? Correct. I, um, so I went to uh, Columbia College here in Chicago. It's a liberal arts, uh, it's a liberal arts school. So a lot of the people that graduated either were journalists, um, they were journalists, they were marketers, they were TV film, uh, a lot of creative, you know, creative people in, um, in my year, actually Russell Simmons actually oh. was our, uh, uh, did our commencement. So it kind of, it, it, yeah, it was, it, it's one of those artsy, it was like one of those artsy schools, but what it taught me was basically the art of just working with different types of creatives and creating projects. And I think that's why in my mentality, it was always, I was always just so project driven and just my hands were just like all over the place in terms of, you know, projects and what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. And then right after that, I, I started doing event marketing, which is what I kind of got into. I, um, I got a contract position with a marketing job, uh, with a marketing company and I drove the Hershey uh, Kiss Mobile for practically a year running around, like literally driving across country in a 30 foot chocolate truck. Well, we call it the chocolate <laughs> truck. It was like three huge Hershey Kisses and in the back of like the last Hershey Kiss was literally a ton of chocolate. Like that we would hilarious. just- hilarious. Yeah, it would. And <laughs> I mean, we would drive and- the car would put out like the scent of chocolate as we were driving. It was just Stop. the, <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. just imagine the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile because yes. it was about that long, but it had three huge Hershey kisses. You can like look it up and it's like the most amazing thing I've ever driven in my life. That is but crazy. It was, but it made things um, it clear in perspective with what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be creative. I wanted to work in, um, with companies that were near and dear to my heart at that point in time, we were raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. So, you know, we were going to children's hospitals and putting smile on their faces. It was just like such an amazing, um, amazing company to work for. Once I got off of that, I worked, um, I 
I immediately got into the office and started managing programs like that. You know, I've, I've worked with companies and have like um, created concepts for, for some brands and have even broken um, world records for them, you know? So yeah, we would just come up with these like crazy outlandish themes and, and then we would call the Guinness book of world records and we would just literally break records. Like I, I've uh, worked with companies where we've had the most jalapenos eaten in, you know, in (laughs) one minute. And it's like the craziest (laughs) I I could go on and on. Yeah. So the idea of like, you know, doing these just very different, fun, creative jobs is, is what I particularly loved about my experience in, in the marketing industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of how it all, you know, how it all trickled in. That's just extremely interesting. So my question <laughs> after hearing this, so me, I studied business as well. I did not do marketing though. And I feel like people in marketing, they have two sides to them. They do have the business side, like the very driven, ambitious, et cetera, et cetera. But in mm-hmm. marketing, you also have to be extremely creative. And the fact that you were in a position where you weren't just kind of going through the emotions, you were actually killing it out there. You were breaking yeah. records. You were doing this and that. It obviously goes to show that you very much had these two sides to you, the creative side and the business side. So growing up, did you know you had both of those or was it more so one or the other? Um, absolutely not. I didn't think that I had both. Um, I, the reason, I mean, and I come from a family of creatives. Uh, my brother is an animator and he's worked with like Nickelodeon and, and you know, all of these amazing companies like drawing and, and like animating for them. And so we knew that everybody in the family was just some sort of creative. I just didn't have like a specific focus. So marketing communications was just that broad that I knew that I could do something with it or just maybe fine tune uh, some gifts that I didn't even know that I had. Um, The business side of it, I'm still, I'm still learning. (laughs) (laughs) And, and obviously it's something that that doesn't come naturally to me. I, I actually, because I'm such a creative, I kind of hate the business aspect of it and how to make money off of it. I just knew that my passion was somewhere along the line of being creative and then working with people and talking to people and being, you know, um, I don't know that that's my, my creative, my creative side mm-hmm. is, is helping and creating, um, events and projects that make people smile or that help them, you know, develop themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of like my passion, the business side, not so much. It's a lot of numbers. It's kind of very impersonal. And those are, that's still something that, you know, I I struggle with at times, but at the same time, I also bring people in my life that help me on that, you know, in that aspect as well. Yeah. And I think that a really, like something that a lot of very smart people do is bring in the right people. And if you can recognize and be self-aware and be like, Hey, I'm fantastic at these 17 things, but these three things I need help with to make this move forward as a project, as an initiative, as whatever, 
then you're that smart person because you're able to bring those people in and get the job done. And you're able to recognize your strengths, your weaknesses, but then also other people's strengths and weaknesses, which I'm sure helped you in Big Brother because Absolutely. you did go very far. Um, but we'll get to the Big Brother stuff. We'll get there in a bit. <laughs> um, but it's awesome that you've done so well in your career. So have you always done marketing? Are you still doing marketing today? Or did you stop marketing to model full-time at some point? Um, yes. I, you know, yes to all of that. <laughs> like, yes to all of that. I think that something like marketing, like it never, it never really stops because like I said, you, even when you go into your own business and you go in for yourself, you still need to learn how to market yourself. Right. So you're still kind of in, in that field. Um, I did, however, when I started modeling, I was modeling and working at the marketing firm for a good three, close to three or four years before I actually left the company and decided to go model full time. Um, but now, now I don't work. I don't work specifically for a marketing company. I will consult at times. Obviously now I, I also kind of dabble into the influencer realm, which also mm -hmm. means that I'm kind of marketing myself as well in certain aspects. Um, so all of that just kind of comes into play, but mm -hmm. with the modeling that was at, it's been close to five years and that's what I've been doing for the past five years full-time along with taking on other, you know, other side projects. So this is where it kind of comes in that whole hands in different cookie jars and just having multiple streams of income because when you're working for yourself and not, you know, not getting a weekly, you know, or bi-weekly or bi-monthly check, it, you have to start getting creative. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit of everything, but as of right now, um, yeah, modeling, photography, influencing, uh, those are kind of just kind of what gets, gets me paid pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the topic of influencing, you and Janelle have influenced me to get face masks. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just too good. I love, you know, the both of you. I mean, she, for example, is just one of my favorite that have ever been in the house and absolutely watching her just walk around with her skin here. I was dead. I'm so happy they aired that. I mean, that was hilarious to me. And then you posted about it as well. And I saw that and I'm like, yeah, I should probably get some of these to be honest. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm all about like, if, if there was anything that I would be able to uh, review, recap, like tell people to get, it, it would be like 1000% skincare related. I am a sucker for things and anything that helps improve uh, skin. I mean, skin is just a big thing. It, it's well, it's a big thing for me because obviously I model. So I'm constantly getting, you know, makeup put on me. There's a ton of junk gunk that gets, you know, that, that I get to try. And so skincare, it, it, the skin is very important when you're modeling, you know? Um, but just in general, I feel like every, a, a lot of women, you know, that that's a big, yeah that's a big thing for, for, for women is to make sure that, you know, their skin is soft, healthy, uh, elastic, you know, youthful. It, it's just like all of these things. Right. So I'm very passionate about my skincare yeah, routine. Sure. Very, sure. very much. And I love Janelle too. Cause she, 
yeah, she's definitely an influencer without even knowing, without even trying. That's the thing. Like she's so authentic and that's why people love her. I feel like she's always herself. Like whether Mm -hmm. you like her or you don't like her, you always know she's going to be her and just her. And I think that's really what brings her this massive fan base. And that's why she's an all-star because she's always been herself and you see it, you know, season after season and on Instagram and this and that, like you only see her. And that's just an amazing thing to be able to portray, especially when you are on a platform like that. Absolutely. Yeah. She's, she's the OG. And like, it's one of the reasons I, I love her as well. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, you have a real one with her. She has no reason to, you know, just sell things that she doesn't believe in or, you know, talk about things that she doesn't care for. Yeah. Have you met her ever in person? I have not. I mean, we follow each other on all social media platforms. So that's an honor in itself. And we've mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, we've kind of messaged each other back and forth prior to all stars, but, um, no, I haven't. And she's not too far either. She's in Minneapolis, um, which is about like a six hour drive for me. Uh, but she's still considered Midwest one day though. I'm yes, sure. for sure. No, for <laughs> sure. I, I'm waiting for this collaboration to take place. <laughs> um, I, I, I do find it super cool that you did model and work at the marketing agency for a bit, and then you actually transitioned to market or sorry, modeling full time, which I think is amazing. But I feel like it's really a tough thing to do to make a career change, is it not? Like it must have been a very nerve wracking process trying to you know decide if you wanted to stop one to pursue the other full time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there was not one person that looked at me when I told them what I was about to do and didn't look at me and think I was crazy. You know, um, first of all, I was um, a senior at that point, I was a senior account executive. So I was already on my way to being a director at my company. So I was getting a secure check, good money. Like I was in a good spot. Um, however, my job was making me incredibly miserable at that point, because once you get to higher, you know, once you, once you kind of start climbing that corporate ladder, it no longer becomes about what you originally fell in, you know, in fell in love with. You're now at a senior level and all you're dealing with is, um, the issues and the problems and, you know, putting out fires and it it became a very toxic place for me. Um, At that point in time, my, my agency that I was working with at the time, my modeling agency, um, I was, I wasn't able to do a lot of the jobs that they were requesting because I was working this full-time job. So it was kind of, for me, I was at a point where, or crossroads where I had to choose which direction I was going to go. And if I was going to pursue what makes me happy, regardless of the uncertainty of it, because obviously who, who like just leaves, you know, a senior job, you know, a senior account position to, you know, work, on a contract basis with zero, you know, (laughs) with zero type of, uh, well, I wasn't, there was no security, you know? So it's just kind of like, well, who does that? And especially who does that in their, you know, when they're 
like about to turn 30 because that's how old I was. So it wasn't like I was in my, you know, I was 21 and decided to do this. I was already um, a lot older in life. And it was just like, what are you doing? You're, you know, you're going to get rid of your 401k and your health and your benefits and all of these things because you're absolutely miserable. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. Because this is something that I never thought that I could do, especially as a plus size woman to have brands wanting to work with me um, and be a model as, as weird as that may sound. Some people may even think that it sounded vain. You know, it was not that it was me saying like, I want to be that, that change. I want to be, you know, the catalyst, or if, if I was to help one or two women understand how beautiful they are, if I was to be that person that someone would look at and say, wow, if she can do it, I can, mm -hmm. you know, that was that, that's what I wanted. I want to be able to make change. I don't want to be, uh, you know, making thousands of like hundreds of thousands of dollars and be completely miserable and work with companies that, you know, where I'm selling I don't know, cigarettes or, you know, like, yeah. because with marketing, mm -hmm. you never get a chance to, it's not like you have a choice on who you, who you get to market for, you know, sometimes I get amazing companies like Hershey's, but then other times you don't get so lucky and you're, you know, and you're, mar you, you can get stuck with, you know, like a, a tobacco brand, you know, you can be, you can be selling, you, you could be working for a meat company, even if you were like vegan, you know, like these are moral conflicts that you have no choice over. And I was just like, I need to be more in control of what I want to do, what makes me happy. So it was hard. It definitely was hard, but you kind of have to have a little bit of faith and, mm -hmm. and it's like those gut decisions. Like obviously what I did was what I felt was good for me it might not be the same for somebody else. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I mean, that's an incredible story. First of all, I think that you've accomplished your goal almost or your mission. And I feel like people everywhere do look at you, whether they're a minority or not. And they look at you and they say, Hey, that's amazing. Jessica's doing it. So can I. And I know for sure for myself, at least like I pulled inspiration from individuals like yourself and I mean, it's seeing a lot of different people now come out on social media and on TV shows and whatnot and show their life journey almost and talk mm -hmm. about like the different difficulties they've gone through and where they are today. Being someone who's a minority as well, it definitely is so, so nice to see people like yourself get out there, you know, give this authentic story. And what I also love too, is that you're so honest about it. It wasn't like, yep, I quit marketing and I had an amazing idea to go into modeling. Like it's not that easy story. And sometimes I feel like in the past people used to make this glossy thing where it was, it was so easy for me to decide to change careers. But I love that it was a difficult decision because I feel like a lot of people even listening today are probably able to identify with that struggle. Like it's an internal struggle almost. Like, do I pursue Absolutely. this or do I pursue that? And like you said as well before, you were able to model and work in marketing for a bit as well. And I think it's comforting for people to know that, hey, you don't have to make a black and white decision today. Mm -hmm. You can pursue both at the same time and figure out over a period of time what you'd rather do, you know, in a couple of years. So it's cool to hear that story. So thank you so much for sharing. And Absolutely. You know, I've seen some of the work you've posted on Instagram in terms of your modeling and whatnot. And I think you are just the most gorgeous person. And ah! 
I am so happy, you know, that this worked out and that you're doing this, but I mean, the career of modeling is something foreign to me. I am not in that space. I've never worked in that realm whatsoever. I actually have no friends as well who work in this type of, you know, industry. So for me, this is very much like I'm curious because I don't have any, you know, connection to it. So I have a couple of questions about this career as well. Absolutely. So in terms of modeling, what is the most challenging part and what is the most rewarding part for yourself personally? Wow. So... I think that the most challenging part is the amount of rejection you get on a, on quite a regular basis. Um, I think, and I'm sure that maybe people do either they do think this way or they think that, um, that it's a good way to build up your self-esteem, but it's quite the opposite. It kind of very much tears you down. It's a, it's, it's, um, I would say it's kind of one of those fields where it is very vain. It is very much about um, your look, you know, so they, you know, having to deal with that amount of rejection of why you're not getting picked, you know, whether you're too fat, you're too skinny, um, you're too blonde, you're too brunette, you're, you know, like you don't fit the category, they don't find you pretty enough. Like it's, it's all of these, you know, all of these random, you know, reasons why you're not, you're not good enough. Um, and you kind of learn to take it with a grain of salt. And so that's why I think that when I started modeling, I was modeling with some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And it's just um, like, even when I worked with, you know, on some campaigns like Target, you know, with Target and things of that nature, like I would work with skinnier models. Like I would work with women who were like, in Victoria's Secret catalogs, you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's just like the hardest thing to, to work alongside and, and give yourself that grace and that, um, and give yourself that amount of confidence to say, I belong here just as much as this other person, because they, because the industry is just so good at, tearing you down into this very objective it it's just so very like they treat you like an object you know it has nothing to do with how you're feeling what you're doing if they're hurting your feelings like nothing it it is literally do you fit this criteria are you, you these measurements if not lose weight if not gain weight if not too bad you know so i you kind of learn i think that, that was kind of the hardest thing, like right. my least favorite thing. But at the same time, it's built me to become a more, um, a stronger person and, and not blame myself uh, for these things. It's like, if, if they're going to want me, they're going to want me because this is me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like some people want to change these aspects, like, but I can't change the fact that I'm not blonde and blue-eyed. I can't change the fact that I'm not a black woman. Like if that's what they're looking for, that's what they're looking for. If they're looking for me, then it will come to me. And I think that that's what I've learned and what I've appreciated even from working, um, from working this type of job, because you realize whereas some keep on trying to fight to be that perfect, you know, um, that perfect person, um, to what everybody wants, it, it's, it's actually, um, for me, just this acceptance of like, 
I'm going to try to be the best model I can be, meaning like I'll know my poses. I'll, I'll know how to, you know, work inside the set and be, uh, you know, and, and just be someone that everybody wants to work with because, because I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what has helped me kind of create my clientele and keep my clients versus just being a one hit wonder, which is what they, you know, call them where it's like, you see one girl all the time and then she kind of just drops off the face of the earth, right. you know, um, because of so many different reasons. So that's kind of like one of the things that, that has been the hardest part, but like really my favorite part could be just the same because it's just taught me so much. And again, the knowing that me being on a billboard, me being in a campaign, me being like people seeing me in a catalog, there's someone who is going to say, oh my God, this girl looks like me. And it's going to help them with their self-confidence issues. You know, it'll, it'll help them. um, You know, we, we all at some point want to identify with someone that we're seeing on TV or, you know, in a show, in a catalog, you know, when we're inside the store, it, it makes us feel, I don't know, somewhat more included and not, you know, and not feel like we're not part of society. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's the most important thing is, is, is to give younger, the younger generation uh, that representation. Yeah, for sure. No, I I completely understand that, especially myself being someone who has an East Indian background. I don't feel like Mm -hmm. there was too much of that on, you know, American television or Mm -hmm. even Canadian television because I'm from Canada, even though we watch a lot of U.S. stuff or even like, you know, these celebrities and whatnot, that wasn't really a thing. And Mm -hmm. growing up, I actually lived in a predominantly like white area and I didn't really see too many people other than my family who were East Indian anyways. So for me, it was like, I didn't have anyone to look up to and I'm 24. And to be honest, like, you know, a mere 10 years ago, that was the reality. Whereas today I do feel like that's much different. You do have sitcoms on TV now with NBC and CBS and whatever they, they have actual sitcoms based around minorities, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You're seeing on reality TV, they're bringing in a lot more minorities. I think there could be a lot more personally, Absolutely. at least it's happening, which is awesome. And like you're saying as well, now we are seeing individuals on billboards and modeling and on even just magazine covers that do have a different background, which is again, not how it was even five, 10 years ago, which is Mm -hmm. interesting. It's changed a lot. And I think there's a lot of work to do, but I do think the steps forward are amazing ones. So you know, someone who's put themselves out there, which is awesome. Like, again, like I commend you for that because it can't be an easy thing. I would imagine sometimes showing up to different modeling shoots or just even starting your career, it must've been a difficult thing in some ways where there was maybe some doubt if it could work out and whatnot. But I think that you've obviously been very professional, like you said, and you've taken everything with a grain of salt, which has probably really helped you in the long run. And it's great to see where you've come. And again, you've worked on amazing campaigns like the target one. So that has just paid off and I'm sure tons of people look at it and they, they love to see you there and they love to see the representation. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not an easy feat. Like 
<clears throat> you know, there's always a lot of people say, you know, confidence is key. And like, how do you remain so confident? And the thing is, is just like confidence, like really does um, happen in waves. And one day you can wake up and you can like feel the crappiest you've ever felt. And like confidence can be at you know, from a one to 10, your confidence level could be at a two or three, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a-okay because it just, it, it, it comes by in waves. You know what I mean? You just keep on, you just keep on working at that. And, Definitely. um, at, at some point it's a bit, and maybe it comes, you know, just with age, you just feel more confident. The more you do things, the more you're exposed to them, those uncomfortable situations, those, you know, it, it just, it just creates a different, you know, a different person as you start learning more about yourself and what you like, what you don't like, and what you're willing and not willing to deal with. And so it's, yeah, all of those things, it just, it definitely, I'm, I'm a big believer that it just comes with age. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And do you feel like you're the kind of person who you have a lot of self-confidence? That's something that comes from inside of you? Or do you feel like you do get confidence from other people giving you affirmation and telling you you're doing a good job or you booking more shoots, for example? Or is it like a good combination of the both? <clears throat> I definitely think it's a good combination of both. I think that obviously you cannot create confidence within yourself if you don't have people surrounding you that believe in you. Mm -hmm. So you, I, I think, you know, your tribe is your vibe. If you have a tribe that is completely, you know, negative, that is not supporting you in any which way, that is definitely going to show up in how, in what you believe and in, in how you how you treat yourself. You know, um, I, I'm a big believer in getting rid of toxicity. It, you know, you definitely want to have people on your side that are for your well-being and, and, and support you in each and every way. Um, that's not to say that there won't be people in your life that might be, you know, some negative Nancy's or whatnot. And, and um, maybe you're their go-to person. Maybe you're the person who's lifting them up and not the other way around. Um, I, I think it's, it's all different. But I think that in order for you to be to, to kind of work on that self-confidence, you have to be not only your own cheerleader, but you also have to have those people on the sidelines that also cheer you, that also cheer you on. Um, I'm a big, big believer in, in having that support, that support system. Because even if like, say for example, your parents may not support, you know, some of the decisions you make, there has to be, you have to find that community of people that do, um, whether they're part of your family or whether you find them on your own, you, you join a support group, you, you know, you know, there's so many different ways. So I, I think that it definitely, you kind of have to have a little bit of, of both. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to say. And I definitely, you know, I agree with it 100%. And I, I find it interesting just because on, for example, I'm just going to use Instagram. We see a lot of people on Instagram kind of preaching self-confidence, self-confidence, mm -hmm. self-confidence. And they almost tell you, you should never get it from other people. You should only get it from within. That's all that matters. But at the same time, and I can only talk from personal experience, there is a lot of times when it's hard to build self-confidence if the people around you are being negative or they aren't mm -hmm. giving you any feedback whatsoever. Because sometimes, Absolutely. you know, even if they're saying nothing, it doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just, there's nothing whatsoever. It's like radio silence. And 
to use my own experience, like at work, for example, when I'm getting good feedback from my manager and other people on different teams and departments and whatever, I do feel better about myself. And to be honest, I feel more self-confident and I'm ready to take a new project on. I'm ready to do, you know, just kill it with the next client or whatever. So I mm-hmm. definitely understand it. And I like that you said that because it's almost like it's saying it's okay to have, you know, confidence come from external things, but then also internally as well. And I think that it does originally that seed of confidence within almost needs to be watered by other people at times. And of course, yeah. like yourself too, like you have to allow it to grow, but it's always good to have, you know, those other people help you out. And I agree, toxic people are not, you know, a good thing whatsoever. And I'm sure you've had experiences with toxic people. So I, I know you were talking about your work experience, you know, early on in, in your marketing career, but I too have had those experiences and it's hard sometimes to cut it out because you don't always recognize it's toxic at the time. Mm-hmm. But once you do and you get rid of it, it's like night and day. It really just does impact everything from mental health to your ability to just get things done. And even physical health too. I think it, it impacts so much when you're able to just free yourself of those, those burdens almost. Absolutely. Absolutely. There you, and it's, it's a very, it's like I said, a very fine line. It like when you are surrounded by toxic people, sometimes it, you don't even realize that it's toxic because there are just so many people in your life that are telling you, um, you know, that, either you can't or that it's nearly impossible, but there are always going to be people in life that, that will, that will cheer you on. Sometimes this is like a complete stranger, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and it's, and it all has to do with the way people in general are socialized and what they're conditioned to believe. Uh, I think that, you know, me being a minority, me being Latina, it, um, it, there, there are stigmas in, tied into all of these things, you know, um, and some of our beliefs can be generations, generations of, you know, of self-doubt, generations of, you know, people being said no to, just negative thinking. And sometimes you, you kind of need to have another, another voice of reason. And, and they're, they're out there. There are people with different journeys and different um, experiences, even if you don't know them, that can be such a huge help in how you view yourself or um, where you want to get to. It's, it's completely possible. Absolutely. I I 100% agree. I I definitely just, that makes so much sense to me and I feel it so much inside of me. And, you know, the Mm -hmm. older I get, the more I'm experiencing things, whether it be the corporate world, different friend groups, social lives, whatever, you know, the more independent I'm becoming as well, the more I'm realizing how important that is. All right, gals, that was part one. So stay tuned next Wednesday for part two. If you love today's episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Working Gals Guide. Part two next week, as a reminder, is going to be everything juicy about Big Brother. So I know you're going to love it. Stay tuned next week and can't wait for you to listen.